Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. Today, looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from November 6th, 1982, the second part of a two-hour TV taping from October 27th, 1982, the day of the Louisiana State Fair, right outside the doors of the Irish McNeil Boys Club. I am the great Brian Last, and the man who joins me each and every week from booking the territory, you know him, you love him, Mike Mills. Mike, hopefully you're feeling a little bit more upbeat this week, because last week you were a little bit down. I tell you what, man, we had some just major happenings with that tag match last week, and the dog got sent packing. And I got to say, I can remember sitting there in my mom's living room, tuning into this week's episode, and I wasn't sure what to expect, because the dog had got sent packing for 90 days. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what's going to happen? How is Olympia going to have to deal with these people all almost on his own? I mean, two is there and Robley's there and Sharp was there. But, you know, what's going to happen? How is he going to what is is Tony Atlas now going to be able to, you know, take dog's place? But no, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still kind of pessimistic and not real optimistic at what's going to happen. Well, let me just say, as we get into this, that was fixed rather, I don't want to say rather quickly, but it was fixed in this episode. So a lot happened. We were depressed at the end of last week, but I think things ended up a little bit more upbeat this week. Well, it doesn't necessarily start that way. And why don't we kick it right off with going to the opening of this show, Boyd Pierce alone at the desk, but he shoots to the cowboy, cowboy Bill Watts, who is with Ted DiBiase, Hacksaw Duggan, and Matt Bourne. The Cowboy was in no mood to speak to them last week, so Paul Bosch did. But here he is this week talking to this dastardly trio. Let's go to this audio right now. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce. A lot of exciting action coming up. We'll be telling you about things that have happened, things to look forward to in the future, interesting interviews and live action in the ring. It'll be headlined by tag team action, Colonel Buck Robley and Mr. Rassing 2 on one side against the rugged duo, the masked men, the grapplers 1 and 2. Mr. USA, Tony Atlas is here. Louisiana heavyweight title holder, Hacksaw Dugan. North American heavyweight champion Ted DiBiase, lots of action coming up. Right now, our guest commentator Bill Watts is at the ring for an interview. Let's go to Bill right now. Well, here I'm standing with three men that are still gloating over their victory. Without a doubt, they made the biggest fools ever of Mid-South Wrestling, matchmaker Grizzly Smith. Myself, I was taken in, Boyd Pierce, Paul Bosch, and, of course, the man who they planned it all for, the junkyard dog. And, Ted, I want to talk to you first. You know... I've seen you since you were a young boy when you were playing at West Texas State on the football team. I wrestled your father, a former AAU national champion, and he was one of the roughest, toughest guys I ever met. But there was a sense of fair play, a sense of chivalry about him, whereas if he could beat you breaking the rules, he he did it, but it was a head-on type manner. It wasn't a scheming, let somebody else do it. You know, since I think he would roll over in his grave. What you think doesn't matter to me and what my father thinks or would have thought what doesn't matter my father is dead and gone that's not the point the point is that we've got all the iron mid-south couldn't throw any stipulations at us because there was one important little phrase there no disqualification the junkyard dog is gone we know that you're 
We're going to see the film because we kind of like to see it ourselves. <laughs> well, Matt Bourne, of course, your father was a great in wrestling, too, and here you've come. Are you proud of this action? I am very proud of it. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about Ted DiBiase. He called me last night. He told me we got to get rid of the junkyard dog. Now, I don't know too much about the junkyard dog, but I know he can't have too much upstairs. I'm not bragging about being the smartest guy in the world, but the junkyard dog, his mother must have built him a swing building a, a facing a brick wall when he was a little boy. It was... It was just too easily. And what are, you, what are your comments, Dugan? Ooh, 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 ooh. I don't believe it. Oh, easy. You know, I didn't believe it. People from the South, a gorilla. Come on. Hey, you know, yeah, that, you know, that is a little particular that it just happened to be a gorilla that punched Junkyard Dog's number. Let's, Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look last week. Let's everybody join in this. <laughs> Well, from there, Mike, we get a recap of the closing minutes of last week's big tag team match, Mr. Olympia and the Junkyard Dog against Matt Bourne and Ted DiBiase. Before we play the remainder of the interview with Bill Watts, any other thoughts you have about the opening minutes here of Mid-South Wrestling? Well, first off, DiBiase's line when he tells Watts he doesn't care what his dad would think about his actions because his dad is dead and gone, I thought was as heelish as you can get. I mean, good Lord, you're your own father to just say, well, I don't care what he thinks he's dead and gone. It just was just, Oh my, how dastardly and evil do you have to be to say that about your deceased father who was a wrestler as well. And you're just like, whatever, you know, he can go jump off a bridge, even though he's already gone. And then did you catch DiBiase? He said it again. It takes a monkey to beat a monkey. Good God. And then Dugan's back there making gorilla noises. Holy crap, man. They just were just, they were put, they, they were, they were pushing the envelope right there, man. Well, the heat is sky high. The heat is through the roof. Let's now hear the remainder of this interview. Cowboy Bill Watts with Ted DiBiase, Hacksaw Duggan, and Matt Bourne. Well, you just saw during the state fair, the Louisiana state fair in Shreveport with the kids from Summit Oaks. With the anticipation of everything, the tremendous disappointment as the junkyard dog was carried from the ring right after that happened. And these are the tag champions. The dog has gone 90 days. But you know, DiBiase, I had talked to JYD after it happened, and it's almost like he had a premonition. He said, when a guy would go to the extent that you went to to win the title, the extent that you tried with wrestling too, that it's almost like he knew something was going to happen. He just... He just didn't know what. It's, it's just like a Pandora's box. Well, regardless of what he knew about it or what he thinks about it, he's going to have to know about it and think about it someplace else for about 90 days. Is he can't come around. Well, it's true. He is barred from the Mid-South area for 90 days. But I want you to know Junkyard Dog has come back against a lot of adversity, and he's never he's never asked anybody to do his fighting for him. He's always handled it himself. And, DBS, I'm sure you three guys are high on his wanted list right now. Well, we got 90 days to think about it. <laughs> well, there you go. Little Yankee ingenuity. Yankee ingenuity. I'm going to move to Louisiana. I'm making my home in Atlanta, but I think I'm going to pick up. I'm going to move. We got all the we hard gotta, work. Come on, guys. We got to go. We'll be back with further action after we hear these messages from Mid-South Television Network. I have to imagine it's hard to watch that as a kid in Mid-South Wrestling and not hate these three. Man, we wanted these three dead. I mean, I can remember being on a schoolyard like the next weekend. I say next weekend, but the the weekend that it happened, and you're just like, really? God, these guys are just the worst. And like the thing about it, Brian, is 
they're it's the gloating and the laughing in the just it's a celebration. They got rid of the dog and they are just so happy. Like they, it, the worst part is they, they think they accomplished something cleanly or they not, not, no, they don't think that they know they did it dastardly, but it's the fact that they did it and it was done so dirty, but yet they're laughing. They committed a crime, but they're laughing about it. It's just, Oh, you you wanted them to get their come up and so bad that it was ridiculous. I, I would um I've never met Ted DiBiase, but I would love and something that I've never heard him talk a lot about. Um, and and you know, let me say I haven't listened to a ton of shoot interviews as I say that, but I would love to know. I've heard him talk about the angle, but I'd love to know what it was like in the towns after this and after it aired throughout the territory, like what, what, you know, what kind of heat were they getting? How great was it? You know, uh, that's the type of stuff that I'd, I'd love to know. Not, not just in new Orleans, but just everywhere. Cause I mean, I know in new Orleans, like it was nuclear. Um, Cause he sent the dog packing, but I'm talking about in the other towns throughout the territory, you know, what they thought about this, but you know, these guys are just, they're on some extra level bull with, with their gloating and having a good time at a party. And again, they just won the Super Bowl. Their season, they think their season's over. They think their season's over, Brian. Well, coming out of that, we get a Tony Atlas workout video from Georgia. And if you ever want to feel bad about yourself, go watch Tony Atlas lift relatively small weights and have his biceps just bulge out of the TV screen. It's uh, something to see. And coming out of that, we get our next match scheduled to be Tony Atlas versus Bob Stabler. With Alfred Neely as the referee, but things don't go according to plan. Let's hear what happens here. We'll talk about it on the other side. Boyd, we're going to go to the ring where Mr. Tony Atlas, who said what happened to the junkyard dog, is personal with him. Let's watch him now. Let's go to Reeser Bob. This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 240 pounds from Charlotte, North Carolina, Bob Stabler. What is this? Get out of here, get out of here. Get brought back to that bump. I'm the Louisiana heavyweight champion. There's nothing that happens in this state that I don't have a part of. So right now, I know this guy's got a real nice, pretty, posing body. But that don't make no difference. I played some pro ball. I know what it takes to be a real athlete. Matter of fact, I'll show you. I'll, I'll show you what it takes to be a real athlete, Jack. I want to do 20 perfect push-ups. 20 head up, back straight, arm pumping. I want to see if Mr. Pretty Body can do the same perfect push-ups. It's 10. Twenty. Well, that's twenty. Go make a ten, pretty man. And Tony Atlas is going to do it. After that, boy, Pepsi's doing it with one hand. 
Nice no, shifted it. Tony Ellis has answered Mr. Hacksaw dug in. I love it. He'll face it. Look at him, man, <laughs> go. He's playing with him. He's playing with him. Well, stand back here, stand back. Dugan got one, two. I think he ran out of gas. Dugan will see him do it again. Dugan will see him do it again. I think Tony's got Dugan's goat. People are telling Tony not to go for it. Well, he's going to do it some more. Maybe Tony's just so powerful he doesn't care. Uh, Dugan started a war. Dugan has started a war. He's trying to take advantage of Mr. USA. I've seen this happen before. I've seen some people try to take action on Tony, but Tony's got that reserve, and it's called heavy-duty power. People are calling for Tony to go. Dugan's setting for that big. He's set for the spirit. He hit Tony, but Dugan went down, and Alice is standing there. Bob Stabler climbing in the ring. Tony Alice may have been... A little bit stunned, but look at him. Look at him, and Dugan. And Alice has got Dugan opened up like a melon. Dugan is crimson. As God Sully says, he has whole face over it. Tony Ellis fired away, and there's Bob Stabler. And now here comes Marty Lundy. And Tony Ellis is cooking. And Dugan's telling him to get out of the ring and stay out of his battle. Hacksaw Dugan wants Alice all by himself. Dugan is bleeding, but he wants Tony Atlas. But Atlas is stinging him. He's, he's firing away. Look at this ground down. Tony Atlas shows that quickness to go with that strength. And he's hammering Hacksaw. And he's trucking out there. Tony Atlas is walking tall. And Hacksaw Dugan, I think, has had enough. He's had enough. Mr. USA, Tony Atlas clears the ring. We'll be back with more action after this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Well, there it is. Hacksaw Duggan runs in before the match starts, challenges Tony Atlas to a push-up contest. They do push-ups. Then Tony does one-arm push-ups with each arm, push-ups where you clap in the middle. Duggan tries to do a one-arm push-up, does two, and then attacks Tony Atlas. Not exactly sure why Bob Stabler ran in at that point. Not exactly sure why Marty Lundy ran in either what are your thoughts on all this mike well first the crowd they needed something to get them up and this was the perfect medicine for that that was my first note because when duggan challenges atlas to this push-up contest atlas starts hot dogging and showing him up and um when when he's doing that duggan's not liking the one-arm push-ups he's like Ah, nah, we we're not about to sit here and let you one up me like that. So he so he attacks him and he goes after him. And it's not a match, but for something that's not a match, the crowd as this thing got going on and Duggan's attacking him and then Atlas, you know, D- that was the other part when when, when the, the crowd's into it, but when Duggan spears him and busts himself open because Atlas supposedly has a hard head like Dog does, 
the crowd's like, oh, my, this is getting real. And, again, it's not a match, but the crowd's into it. When Duggan comes up and he's bleeding and then, you know, Lundy gets into it, and you're right, I don't I don't know why Stabler end up getting into it, but Marty Lundy comes into it and then Duggan comes into it, and they all end up taking, you know, getting shots, and they all end up powdering out the ring. And then Duggan says, nah, screw this. I'm going to get this guy back. Duggan rolls back in, and he still wants some more, but Atlas is rolling at this point. He's punching him, punching him, punching him. And if you watch the crowd during that whole thing it's like i mean atlas is will never be the dog but the crowd is just erupting and they're just so into this thing and i gotta say man this was really good to do especially given what had happened to the dog in the previous week so i like this man this was this was a great moment um to see after everything we've been through in the last you know 60 minutes with the dog losing and all the gloating by dibiase duggan and matt Bourne. See, Bob Stabler was at ringside. It was supposed to be his match. I can kind of understand why he would get involved. Marty Lundy has nothing to do with any of this. And even Jim Duggan didn't even really seem to want him around. He pushed him away at the end. Why did Marty Lundy run in? There's no reason for that. Yeah, that's a good question because, like, why is he? I don't know. They wanted to give Atlas someone to to beat up on. But, yeah, he's he's not out there. Uh, Who knows? Because then Marty Lundy didn't even tag with Stabler like even before he tagged with um Ted Allen. So I, it's it's really confusing why he would have even, you know, come out there to help Stabler if you look at it from that way. I, I don't know that, but I will tell you this. It was a really good moment for Atlas. And he really got, you know, we saw him shine really good there. It put the fans in a great mood. But unfortunately, coming out next, the North American champion, Ted DiBiase for a non-title match against someone billed as S. Lee. There's a lot going on here. We will play this audio and then talk about it on the other side. And now a non-title event for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 268 pounds from Omaha, Nebraska, the North American heavyweight champion, Ted DiBiase. Coming into the ring now at 150 pounds from Virginia, S. Lee. <laughs> and it's big says, deal. Who is Stagger Lee? Who is Stagger Lee? Seems really upset, and I know he is. Stagger Lee out there rocking and rolling. If I believe my memory serves me right, JYD referred to one Stagger Lee as a man who used to beat him up and steal his milk money on the bus when he was in school. And there is Stagger Lee. Like I said, JYD had a premonition of what they had in store for him. And therefore, he must have had Stagger Lee in the wings. Because Stagger Lee just put something in that mask, and he hit it. There's a foreign object in that mask, isn't it? 
DiBiase is out on the floor with his head ringing and staggerly and just whipped him and then just dumped him. And it says, is it me? Stagger Lee is the victor. We'll be back with more action after this important message. So there's a lot going on here. Ted DiBiase has a match coming up against S. Lee. A man comes into the ring, a shirtless man, 150 pounds, rather small. He would later be known as Randy Pee Wee Anderson as a referee in professional wrestling. But he has a banner. First, Ted DiBiase laughs at him because he thinks that's his opponent. But then him and Alfred Neely unfold the banner that says, S. Lee is Stagger Lee. And then the music, Lloyd Price's Stagger Lee hits, and he comes out, and the dog, excuse me, Stagger Lee is explosive here. He starts throwing those punches. The fans realize something's up, and they really react to this. Mike, talk a little bit about what you just saw, and also, what were your memories of this from when you were a child? This is vivid, man. I remember sitting in my mom's living room and thinking, what the heck who's stagger lee and when he hits the ring and i remember immediately thinking when dibiase points because there's that moment where ted dibiase points and he reacts and he knows something's fishy he smells a rat and when he looks and sees Right away, and this is if you if you go back and look at it, you'll notice it before he before they ever before Staggerly ever gets into the scene, he's pointing and yelling something, and he's basically pointing and yelling. That's the dog. He can tell right away. He knows. And then Staggerly gets in there rolling, and he puts a whipping on on DiBiase right away. And I'm just thinking. He, this is dog. This is great. This has got to be. I don't know. I, I really don't remember if I'm thinking right away that it was a dog, but I'm thinking it's got to be dog. And oh my god, he's he's about to get him. He's gonna. And I'm thinking he's gonna win the title, but you know, little did I know it's not really a title match. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the crowd is going nuts. I'm going nuts. I probably don't remember recall this specifically, but I think I'm in my mom's living room jumping up and down. Like, holy crap. Then he loads the head, the mask and knocks DiBiase out. And you can tell this terrible green and reddish orange outfit is pathetic, but it's the dog. But you know what? We can't do nothing about it. So, again, I went from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs going, wow, we got Staggerly now. So this is how it's going to go down. This is just great. So credit Bill Watts. For thinking about this. One other thing, because again, I, I'm as a kid, I'm I'm ecstatic when this is going down. Watts, I don't know if he ever mentioned the name Stagger Lee before. I, I my memory's not that good, and I can't remember from what we've done if he has. Yeah, but I, I do to ask you about that because he did talk about the fact that Dog has mentioned in the past Stagger Lee used to beat him up and take his lunch money, and I actually don't know anything about that. Was that the localized promos? I don't see, I don't remember that, but I will tell you this. I do oftentimes recall Watts in the last year of us doing this saying things like, you know, fighting and having people stealing his lunch money and the hood and the ghetto. Cause that's what, you know, Watts used to love saying a lot. He would, he would make mention about how dog was just a, you know, a scrappy fighter and he, he had to fight for, you know, to keep his lunch money and his milk money. He would say those things, but I never remember him in commentary throwing the name stagger Lee out. So, Part of what he said right there, I know for a fact is true, where he says, you know, JYD used to talk about, you know, the guy used to take and have to fight the guy for his lunch money and his milk money and all that stuff. That part 
is true. I just don't remember if he specifically said Stagger Lee uh, in local promos or even on TV before this point. So, uh, but he he had brought that up about fighting for his lunch money. I just don't know if he said the name Stagger Lee. Stagger Lee wins with the thump. And coming out of that, we get our next <laughs> match: Hacksaw Duggan versus Vinny Romeo with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Duggan's head is taped up. He must have hit a gusher earlier, but his head is taped up from the Tony Atlas incident. And why don't we play a little bit of audio here at the start of the match, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Some thoughts from Cowboy Bill Watts about masked wrestlers. Of course, the man scheduled here, Razor, was Hacksaw Duggan, but after Tony Atlas splitting wide open, we don't know if Hacksaw will be there or not. And we're waiting now for his opponent to come Razor to the ring. To wait and give him a chance. To see if he's going to show up for his scheduled match. He stuck his nose and here in comes. Match. If he doesn't show up, it'll be a forfeit. At 270 pounds, a bandaged Hacksaw Duggan. Well, I'll tell you, Hacksaw Duggan doesn't seem like anything slows him down. He's got his head taped, and he's crimson from one end to the other, and I know he's got to be in pain, but he said he played in pain in the NFL. He's known for that spear, known for that disregard for his own personal safety and look at him with Vinny Romeo he is really hammering Vinny Romeo Hacksaw Dugan like him or not he is just about as tough as they come he is really hammering Vinny Romeo it's happening there today boy Pierce I'm glad I didn't miss this one like I say Stagger Lee is it me everybody knows I'm sure DiBiase knows I think I could sit there and hazard a guess too However, if you can't prove without a shadow of doubt who Wrestling 2 is or who Mr. Olympia is or who the grappler is, you sure can't prove who Stagger Lee is. But JYD said Stagger Lee was an old friend. They used to beat him up when he was a kid and take his milk money on the bus. And he must have had Stagger Lee hanging in the wings because he knew the plots to get him was taking their toll on the pressure on him. Must have been unbearable. Well, there we hear some thoughts from Cowboy Bill Watts about Jim Duggan's toughness coming out here, even though he's clearly been busted open. And of course, Stagger Lee, the junkyard dog and Stagger Lee's relationship. I guess all things considered, it's kind of like Fight Club. You know, <laughs> this junkyard dog's been talking for years about this guy. He used to beat him up and take his lunch money. It was himself all along. <laughs> he's like, I never thought about it that way. But yeah, I... I... <laughs> I think Watts' commentary there is pretty much self-explanatory, but I, I just, I, you know, I, I hadn't seen, we didn't talk about this when Staggerly came out a second ago, but I hadn't seen any angle close to this by this point, you know, in, in my wrestling fandom. So when you see something for the first time, it's magical. And that's what this was. Now, many people will see this if you're watching years later, or even as an adult, and you'll say, well, I saw angles like this before, but you know, when you see it for the first time, it it obviously makes it that much more special for you. And and it, it, Watts' explanations there and everything he goes through is great. But in your mind, you're just like, man, they tried to screw the, the dog, but the dog is getting them back and they can't do nothing about it. And there's I mean, there's really nothing else to say. Well, technically, they can try to do something about it. They can try to unmask him. But they really he he basically this is how you you get a baby face to get their comeuppance is you have them one up the heels that tried to one up them. It's really 
great psychology when you sit back and, and think about how they how they laid it out. It definitely is. I completely agree with you on that. Hacksaw Duggan defeats Vinny Romeo, and I forgot to write in my notes how he defeats him. How did he beat him, Mike? Spear. He hit him with a spear. Hit him with a spear. And from there, we get a big tag team match. It would be a really big match most weeks, but I feel like it's kind of lost in the shuffle here. The Grapplers, Grappler 1 and 2, versus Colonel Buck Robley and Mr. Wrestling 2, Alfred Neely as the referee. Very quietly, the one-man gang hasn't been around in a while. This is the first TV taping, I think, without Skandar Akbar since we started doing this show. So there's some changes happening in Mid-South Wrestling, and I guess maybe because of the lack of Akbar, there hasn't been much focus. And of course, everything happening with DiBiase and the dog and everything. There hasn't been much focus on the Akbar, Buck Robley, Akbar Wrestling 2 feud. Yeah, you know, we only think about it, but we're just like, what, um, a couple of couple of weeks removed from that whole angle with uh Robley and Akbar with the money and them joking about the 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 racetrack and you know <laughs> them kind of kind of having a little fun on air about uh Robley uh going broke at the racetrack and whatnot they they're definitely there definitely's been a little bit of a change there you know you don't you haven't seen them basically since then so definitely some different stuff going on and you're right this match you know you think about the four guys here any other any other week would probably be easily we'd be talking a whole lot more about it, but you really it's really taking a back seat to the main storyline that's going on in promotion with the dog and DiBiase. We'll stagger Lee now. Well, let's hear a little bit of commentary from the cowboy, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. Well, I guarantee you, there's some experience out there with Robley and Wrestling Two together, and they neither one give any quarter, and they neither ask any. And then the grapplers on the other team, too rough, tough. This should be a top-notch tag match. We also have another tag match scheduled. Iron Mike Sharp, Mr. Olympia against Marty Lundy and Vladik Smirnov. However, I've just received word from Grizzly Smith that Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne have just bought Vladik Smirnov and Marty Lund's contract. And they are going to wrestle Iron Mike Sharp and Mr. Olympia. But first, right after this match, we will have Jesse Barr versus Kamala, the Ugandan Giant. And boy, Pierce, it seems like things always get to jumping, and it is jumping here tonight with the big Superdome coming up and Paul Bosch coming here from Houston talking about the big events at the Sam Houston Coliseum, the big events all around the state of Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma. It's exciting. Mississippi, George Culkin, big events in the Fairgrounds Coliseum. Biloxi, it's the Gulf Coast Coliseum, Greenwood, Greenville, you just name it, it's exciting, and it just seems like it attracts the top athletes, and it's going, it's cooking. Like I said, Ted DiBiase, JYD may be barred for 90 days, but I guarantee he's not going to take it laying down, and it looks like he had some friends standing by, because this is one man that has some friends. He's got some people he can reach right down and touch. Well, Mike, I didn't have too many notes about this match uh, other than Mr. Wrestling 2 wins with a knee lift on Grappler 2. Any other thoughts or notes from this match or anything Bill Watts said? It's funny you say that. I mean, you literally just read my notes to me. I, I said the same thing. I don't have notes from this match. Uh, I thought it was fine. Uh, it's just that with all the excitement we've already seen, it's hard to really top it. And the crowd, when you have these big moments like what we just saw with Sagar Lee, there is an exhale and it's nothing against the people in this match because it was a good match with the, you know, the guys that are in here. It's just, you come down off that high 
and you just kind of relax for a second. And that's kind of, I feel, what the fans were doing here, even though it was a couple of matches ago at this point. So, yeah, I, same thing. I don't I don't have much from it. Uh, but the, the grappler, he hits grappler two with the wrestling two, hits grappler two with the big knee, and they get the win. Coming out of that, we get Kamala versus Jesse Barr with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Kamala wins with a splash. No other notes about that other than, like we talked about last week, With the two promo videos, this is now two months, eight weeks of Kamala being portrayed as really strong on television. And again, credit Bill Watts for that, because while all the while this big storylines going on in the background, he's building up Kamala in. You just simply don't see this a lot in wrestling anymore. It's where you protect someone. Nowadays, they bring up people from NXT and they were, you know, they were stars there. But, you know, within a couple of weeks on Raw or SmackDown, they've they've taken, you know, three to four pinfalls and they they flip flop 50 50 booking and none of that here with Kamala strong booking. He's he's over every single week. And um, yeah, two months straight now of him just dominating folks. The next match scheduled to be Mr. Olympia and Iron Mike Sharp versus Marty Lundy and Vladik Smirnoff. We mentioned earlier, Akbar's not here. Of course, Smirnoff was his latest charge. And they mentioned during the last, or two matches ago, that DiBiase and Matt Bourne have purchased the contracts, so they get to go up against Mr. Olympia and Mike Sharp. Before we talk about the match and play some commentary from the match, let's play what happens at the start, before the match even takes place, with Ted DiBiase cutting off the intro, talking about who Stagger Lee is, and I really thought it was interesting the way Mr. Olympia responded to Ted DiBiase. Let's hear this right now. It's tag team action now in a non-title event for one fall or remaining television time. Everybody knows that we bought the contract out to Russell East, guys. We thought we'd give these people a little added treat to show them their new Mid-South champions. I'm so upset I can't even talk. Now, this Stagger Lee... All of a sudden, Bill Watts don't know anything. Grizzly Smith don't know anything. Boyd Pierce doesn't know anything. All these know-it-alls all of a sudden clam up. They don't know nothing. Well, I'll tell you what I know. Stagger Lee is a junkyard dog. There ain't another guy walking that walks like Fred Sanford except the junkyard dog. He's supposed to be out of here and gone for 90 days. This is enough. You don't know who Stagger Lee is. You don't know who I am. You don't know who Wrestling 2 is. So you bought the contract. Now let's wrestle. Okay, there it is. It's a non- Well, there it is, a non-title tag team match. DiBiase and Bourne versus Olympia and Mike Sharp. DiBiase's mad. It's a side camera angle when they're filming this. Every time DiBiase talks about something he's mad about, Stagger Lee or anything else, Reese Bowden smiles. The biggest, <laughs> brightest smile you've ever seen. But then Olympia jumps in, and I thought that was great. You don't know who Stagger Lee is. You don't know who I am. Good stuff there. Yeah, he not only said it, he goes, you don't know who I am. You don't know who wrestling two is. Let's do this. And and uh, you're talking about Reese. Reese goes, well, OK. <laughs> Reese from Bowden is fabulous, man. He's just like, well, OK. Uh, so I just this was really good, man. Um, I always love when Reese was involved in something like this because you just never know what you're going to get. And he's got that, you know, smirk that he always has. But this was good, man. I, look. DiBiase has been one up here, and now all of a sudden, when the you know it ain't so fun when the deer's got the gun. All of a sudden, now it's like, hold on, they can't do this. 
Well, you just screwed the dog with the whole gorilla thing and, and you know, Duggan in the gorilla suit. You just screwed him. And now we all know it's the dog and he's getting back at him. But all of a sudden now it's not fair. He's not playing by the rules. It's just a really, really perfect heel shtick there from DiBiase. Because all of a sudden the person that you screwed is not playing by the rules. So now you want to cry foul. And again, the deer's got the gun and he's going after Doug to D, going after DiBiase. And it's just great. We get to the match, and Bill Watts has some thoughts on the match. Masked wrestlers, Jim Duggan in the gorilla suit, and especially, what happens if Stagger Lee is revealed to be JYD? Let's hear this right now. Bill Watts, if the pre-introduction comments or anything, nothing has cooled off at all. Oh, boy, this is going to be exciting, and we are the beneficiaries of it because we get to watch it all. DiBiase really harping on the fact that Stagger Lee... Is the junkyard dog, is what he says. And, of course, he's accusing Mid-South, Grizzly Smith, you and me, and everybody else of complicity in the situation. And, boy, I guarantee you that you know where my heart is just as I know where your heart is. But I think uh, the key thing is that if a man says he's staggering and he's under a mask, we don't have to prove who he is. We sign the checks. Uh, Mid-South sends the checks out. And if Stagger Lee can cast the checks at Stagger Lee, that he has no problem either. The only person that's got a problem is Ted DiBiase, who I will admit this, and I don't know if it's yet entered his head, but if he can unmask Staggerly, and Staggerly is proven beyond a, any reasonable shadow of a doubt, right here on Mid-South Wrestling or in any arena in Mid-South, that it is the Junkyard Dog, the Junkyard Dog would be liable for a probably a one-year suspension, I'm sure, by Charlie Lay president of the mid-south so you have an unusual situation that the junkyard dog lost a loser leave town situation so to speak a loser leave mid-south and it has to stay out of mid-south 90 days and if stagger lee is truly the junkyard dog as dbc maintains if dbc could unmask him at any point in time dog would be suspended from mid-south but dbc right now has got his hands full with Big Iron Mike Sharp, one of the toughest guys in wrestling, a former Louisiana champion, and Mr. Olympia, who he hadn't even been able to unmask Mr. Olympia. He hasn't been able to unmask Wrestling 2, which he said that he would assure us that he was going to unmask Wrestling 2 and prove once and for all who the real Wrestling 2 was. We do know that DiBiase or somebody had hired the grappler to imitate Wrestling 2, and that plot was nipped in the bud. However, DiBiase and Dugan and Matt Bourne certainly took in Mid-South Wrestling. That gorilla last week was sitting among all those kids from Summit Oaks home in Laneville, Texas. And he had a couple of them on his lap, and they told me that he had just come in from the fairgrounds and was with one of the, one of the shows on the fairgrounds that uh, and invited them all to come see the show free after the television taping session. And, you know, you don't think somebody is sitting with a bunch of kids, and he seemed to be cheering on. Uh, the crowd favorites along with the children. and uh, But it was Hacksaw Dugan. And they really duped Mid-South. But maybe right now there is a return duplicity being returned with interest plus almost an arrogant flaunting duplicity by one Stagger Lee. But I nor you can make that final assumption. All I'm saying is uh, DBS you wanted to be number one, and you're it. You got all the medals, as you call it. You got the Mid-South Tag Titles. 
You got the North American Championship. Hacksaw Duncan has the Louisiana Championship. The only championship your crew has not amassed at this time is the Mississippi State title. Well, Bill Watts with a lot to say there. Maybe most interesting is that if Stagger Lee is revealed to be JYD, that could be grounds for a one-year suspension. Yeah, that that was a that was a pretty big statement um, from Watts there, and and no no one wants that, you know, nobody wants that. So we'll have to stay tuned to see if he is unmasked. Um, no spoilers here. If you've watched already, good for you. We have, but that's a that's an interesting stipulation if if he has because that's a big deal, one year suspension if DiBiase can unmask him. I like. Watts' explanations all the time for masked men. And when Watts said, if Stagger Lee can cash the checks of Stagger Lee, then he has no problem. So, you know, <laughs> they send out the they send out the checks. And if he can cash it, so be it. What do we you know what is Mid South supposed to do about it? They send it to the P.O. box in Stagger Lee's name with Stagger Lee on the check. And if Stagger Lee can cash it, you know, that's not Mid South's problem. Now if they're sending checks and they're not being cashed, that's also not Mid-South's problem. That's your problem if you don't want to cash the check I send you. I, I can only send it. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't uh bring you to the bank and have you cash it. So hey, we'll see what happens with that. But interesting stuff there when you think about the explanation from Watts on mass men and whatnot. But DiBiase definitely, he smells a rat. You know, something's fishy here. Uh I didn't say it a second ago, but uh DiBiase made me laugh when he said, Ain't another guy around who uh who walks like Fred Sanford? I was like, why are you picking on? <laughs> Come on, DBS. Why, why are you why are you going there? But no, seriously, really good stuff there from Watts on commentary, and one of the reasons why we enjoy Bill Watts so much. Let's go now to the finish of the match, the closing moments, as well as the close of the show, because I'm going to build up some of the things we're going to be seeing in the weeks ahead, and then we'll talk about the ending of this match on the other side. I like a camel clutch type situation about two minutes of air time left we may not get a fall even holding DiBiase and Bourne to a draw would certainly catapult the rankings of Mr. Olympia and Iron Mike Sharp and of course Mr. Olympia without his partner Junkyard Dog has said he's got to carry on the dog would want him to until the dog's 90 days are up he said he'll still be here waiting on the dog but he's got to take partners and try to avenge himself and the dog against these men got a lot of credit to Mr. Olympia uh-oh, uh-oh, the referee didn't see the tag, and Iron Mike Sharp is living. They went for a double hangman, but Mr. Olympia used that speed to get out of it. Now he's got a sleeper. Olympia's got the sleeper. This looks like this is it. DiBiase loaded that glove on the apron, and while the referee's distracted, Bourne ran him over there. DiBiase teed off of that glove, and he's knocked Mr. Olympia's running lights out, and the Mid-South champions stole a victory from the clutches of Mr. Olympia and Iron Mike Sharp, Boyd Pierce. What an exciting amount of action. We wanted to wish that Paul Bosch and Peter Burkholz rejoin us for some more of that fine Houston talent. Gino Hernandez should be back. We're going to have Chavo Guerrero next week. We're going to have Mel Moskers, and we hope we'll have S. Lee, who is Staggerly. Bill, you know, not only Mil Moscus is an outstanding wrestler from Mexico, but also, as our fans know, he is a cinema idol number one. That's right. He is a, he's a superstar, and he's, he's not the biggest and most powerful, but he's graceful like a ballet dancer. Got that fluid, quick movement. Boyd Pierce, take it over. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for your wonderful commentary as our guest this week. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for watching. Until next week, Boyd Pierce saying goodbye from Mid-South Wrestling. And we even get a goodbye wave from the cowboy with a smile on his face. So things have somewhat improved. Now that S. Lee is here, now that Houston Wrestling seemingly is supplying all their talent to Mid-South Wrestling, Bill Watts seems like in a good mood. Considering the way we left off things last week, where things seemed really down and out, where the bad guys were ruling the roost in Mid-South, things have really taken a bit of a turn this week, even with DiBiase and Bourne pinning Olympia after the loaded glove and beating Olympia at Iron Mike Sharp. You want to talk about a 360-degree turn in episodes. I mean, we we go off air last week, although it happened in the middle of the show, with the dog, you know, gone, and, you know, we got the, the heels cutting this just ridiculous promo and making fun of the dog, and they won the Super Bowl. The season's over. Time to pack it up. We got all the belts except for one. Whatever. It's over. And now we get Stagger Lee and Bill Watts, He's grinning ear to ear. He's got to be thinking, Brian, right now, man, we just pulled that off. And uh, it's a much better feeling uh, right now than in the fans. They went on this roller coaster ride, but now we got the fans where, where we want them. And we got them knowing, all right, dog's gone, but there's a backup plan. And basically it is the dog. And you can see, you can see when he waves and he's got that smirk that he's feeling real good about what they just pulled off. Well, with that, I guess we're feeling pretty good about what we've pulled off this week. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review, another episode in the books. I want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcast. Of course, you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. And of course, you can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast, The Mothership at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast for classic wrestling talk and wrestling humor, the 605 Super Podcast. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Please give me a follow at Mike504Saints on Twitter. I like to talk about Mid-South Wrestling there and post some old clips and whatnot, uh, especially from the shows that we're doing here. Also, give us a listen at Booking the Territory. If you just search Booking the Territory, wherever you get your podcast from, you'll find us. Or just go to tinyurl.com slash bttpod, and you can get all of our shows from there. We do two shows a week. Uh, the NWA Saturday Night Shows, they drop at 7 p.m. Central Time. And then on Sundays are our small Mountain Wrestling Recaps. I will warn you, though, Doc and Harper and myself are very unprofessional and not politically correct. It's a wild show. The, ang- the, the language is very, very strong. But come join us. It's fun nonetheless, and we appreciate it. And one other thing, Brian, before we get out of here, we continue on the Mid-South Television Review Show to get lots and lots of five-star reviews and I'm very appreciative of that. Brian is very appreciative of that. Thank you for all the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And keep them coming because it really does help the show and those Apple algorithms. So thank you very much. And, uh, Brian, honestly, uh, I didn't say this last week, but these are probably two of my most memorable episodes of Mid-South Wrestling as a kid. There are some others out there. But when you're talking about memorable and like really, really stick out and just in your mind, you're like, I remember that. I get goosebumps every time I see it. These two episodes are that when Dog gets sent packing and then Stagger Lee shows up. So I wanted to say uh, say that before we get out of here. Just two great episodes. Lots of memories involved in them. I think these may be two of the top five episodes, along with the DiBiase heel turn on the dog, 
the Midnight Express attacking Bill Watts, the Ric Flair Ted DiBiase match in November of '85. Now that I think about it, it's probably a few other ones, but definitely this is the upper echelon of great Mid South wrestling television shows. And, and let me say this as as a, as a side to that as well. When, when you say top top five moments, it's really hard for Mid South because there's so many great ones. But I, I will say this: there is the stuff that goes on with the midnight and rock and roll with the cake and all that, and Butch Reed walking away with his hands up, and there's that that's great. Um, so it's hard because if you were to say give top five moments, I'd say put these two with e- in with ease. But as we go through this, we'll say that probably six, seven, eight more times. Especially like you said, you got that you got that whole episode with DiBiase and Flair. That's magical, uh, especially what happens. No spoilers. We'll get there in three years. But yeah, so it's hard when you're talking about it. But yes, definitely when I think of two just episodes that stick out, these stick out very, very well, memorable, real fond memories of them. So hopefully you've enjoyed, especially these last two. We love doing Mid-South, but these last two were really, really magical. And I just got to say that before we button up this episode. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Tally-ho!